But guess what? I sold my first spot to my mastermind with an email list of a total of 30 people and no sales page. That's how many people signed up for my first webinar via Facebook ads. And so I was, I had started the sales page, but I never liked to finish it until I know that like it's done. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I'm so excited about this episode today, and I'm so glad you joined me because we are talking about sales pages. If you are a freelancer, you know how important sales page design is, also the copy. But I have brought Melissa Berkheimer here to teach us about designing million-dollar sales pages. Melissa has consulted on dozens of launches as a sales page designer, creative director, and a launch manager. And she has brought in multiple seven figures in revenue for her clients with her designs and her help. She's helped her clients 10x their sales goals and get featured in places like The Ellen Show, Access Hollywood, Entrepreneur, and Forbes. Not only does she design killer sales pages, she also hosts an award-winning podcast, The Design Business Show. So I do not want you to miss this opportunity to learn from a master. I had her recently live inside my free Facebook group. You can find the link here in the show notes. And this is that live interview repurposed for a podcast because I'm the repurposing queen. And so you can listen at your own pleasure, whether you're driving, in the kitchen, I don't know, chilling out and working at the same time. So without further ado, here is the interview with Melissa. I hope you enjoy it. All right, we're live. Hey, wow, that was fast. Welcome, everyone. I have Melissa Berkheimer here, a sales page designer and strategist, and I'm so excited to have you. Tell everyone hello and where you're from. Hi, I'm so grateful to be here, Emily. I am from Des Moines, Iowa, which is right in the middle of the United States. It's the state with the nose. (laughs) And I'm just really excited to be here. So uh, you and I met in San Diego this time last year at the copywriting conference. And it was kind of funny because I just assumed you were a copywriter. I didn't know you. And I thought it was really interesting that you put yourself in that conference and surrounded yourselves with the copywriters who probably are bringing you work, who you partner with and like building your name. And I was so impressed by that because honestly, I just assumed everyone was a copywriter. We went to lunch. We got to talk a lot and I had a great time with you. And I'm like so excited that a year later, I now have a podcast and you're here. (laughs) Yes, I know. That was fun. Um, I miss California really bad. That was almost a year ago. You're right. And I'll just say that like, I didn't do the copywriter relationship thing. It's been intentional, but not really for like a lead for me, more of like leads for them. Because I like connect with a lot of random clients, not random clients, but it just, they come to me from mainly, you know, in the early days it was referral and copywriters would be late with the copy, which pushes my 
projects back, which can be really frustrating, especially like I only book projects like once, like one for every two weeks. I wouldn't do more than that at a time. Okay. Um, I just, because it's such a big project. It's not like, you know, a few hundred words on a little tiny page, like the sales pages I design are like five to 10,000 words. And I have found, I built great relationships with copywriters and really that was just the main intention too. And it never hurts to have a copywriter friend who like you want to hire. Yeah. To like, look over your copy and then they come back to you. You're like, no, the copy was solid. It's on me. And I'm like, hmm. or like, you know, we can just have a conversations too about like how the process would work. So like, if I did get, you know, the people who I was building relationships with, you know, five years ago, a lot of them aren't doing copy anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not just, yeah. I do the same thing for any person that I would launch with like a launch manager, Facebook ads manager. So I've, I've intentionally built relationships with people, even designers who like, serve the same type of client I do in the same type of environment, because there's always like a ton of things you can do together in the future. Yeah. It was so, you know, and I didn't mean that like in any kind of like salesy way. I'm like, this is genius because this is what online business is about. Like you're working with other people. And I just just thought it was so clever. And then I was kind of there doing the same thing, like not really a copywriter, but in that world. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, it's my buddy. But can you tell everybody how you started in this world? Like what, like walk us back like a decade ago, like what you were doing and then how you even got into this business. Cause I don't know this story and I'm excited. Literally, okay. Well, you're going to laugh. Cause it's, it's not that people think that I like woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be a sales page designer. And I like, that's not how it happened whatsoever. Oh um, so I like, I mean, when I started, I had worked at a job for almost 10 years, like started when I was in college, but I just stayed after I graduated college because I had small kids and, you know, I didn't want to go work 50 hours a week and then some with a baby and a four-year-old at home. So I stayed there because there was flexible scheduling, remote work opportunity. And that was before, like, you know, this is what 2000, I graduated college in 2005. I'm going to age myself, but you know, after like, almost 10 years, like there was no room for creative growth. I had this graphic design slash journalism degree and I wanted to like use my skills. And in the company I was at, like there was no room for growth. So I started networking like anywhere I could. And I was like, hi, I'm a designer. I'm really good. Let's work together. And I was like, so overly eager. And I was probably super annoying, but I don't care because (laughs) eventually that led to free work, design work. And then that led to paying clients. I was charging $20 an hour, like literally, because I made $17.50 an hour at my job when I left. And so I thought $20 an hour was like really good. You know what I mean? And so I was getting paid to be creative. And I'll just also preface this with saying that like, I have a, I'm in a relationship, I'm married. And so my husband has always been like the, the sole earner. Like I've always made money, but it's never been like, my job to financially support the house. So I am very different from some people in a certain circumstance. That's just how it worked in my house back then. And I live in Iowa. It's super inexpensive to live. So (laughs) for me, $20 an hour was like a score because I was getting to design logos and business cards and people like wanted to pay me. And eventually I raised my rates to $50 an hour, got some steady local clients, still networking at like real live events. Cause this was 2011, 2012 social media was new, but not like that. new. And so 2012 ish, I started taking online courses from people like, you know, Marie Forleo, Amy Porterfield. And I like was really fascinated with how they were marketing themselves. And then through those connections, a Facebook friend had posted that he needed a graphic designer. And he says, DM me or 
like comment. So I DM'd him. I actually am sending this out to my email list this week, like the whole story. And then I, I was reading out. I was like, hi. The the message literally says, Hi, I'm a graphic designer. Nice to meet you. And so like then we no, like no joke. And so we started talking and then there were two available jobs. One was for him and one was for his friend. The job that was for him ended up being a sales page for Amy Porterfield. Now I knew who Amy Porterfield was and she knew who I was because like I was in her courses and like the course that I had bought, I ended up like helping with his designer and like managing his designer and like getting this new sales page done. And so then a couple of months later, and I'll just say like 2013 was the year I did B school. I went to a mastermind because that was like what everybody said, like do the mastermind, the business is going to be successful. And I had met someone by the name of James Wedmore at the mastermind for the B school event. He was there. It was kind of a part of like the, the affiliate bonus. And so I went there wanting to learn like YouTube from him. I didn't want to like have him hire me. And then six months later, I went on a hot seat call with him and I was like, so I'm working with these local clients. They're all nice. They pay me for work when they need it. And it was like ad design logos, like super easy stuff, you know? Um, but like, I'm really good at this other thing that I didn't know existed, which was like a sales page. It reminded me of like an infomercial, you know what I mean? And I was just like really fascinated by it. And I was like, now I'm doing this. And he's like, are you really? And I was like, yeah, because he worked with Sean with his first course as well. Him and Lewis Howes and like all of Amy, like Sean was the guy behind the scenes. I guess I didn't, I didn't but I did now. I didn't mean to, but oh well. And so then he was like, well, I would love to hire you. And then from there, like my client roster went from like all the courses I was buying, like the people I was buying courses from ended up becoming my clients. A lot of them. I let go of all of the, I didn't let go. Like I gave a nice 60 day notice to all the local clients I was working with saying, Hey, I'm not going to be available on call. And then, you know, by May of 2014, which was like three years later, I had my first like 5k month. And then six months later, that turned into like five figures. And I was like, hmm, wow. And so like, that's just kind of how I started. Back to that Facebook post, were you friends with that original person or how did you see that? So I was Facebook friends with him, but the reason I became Facebook friends with him is because Amy Porterfield likes my Facebook page. And so my business page. And so I posted on my personal Facebook, oh my gosh, Amy Porterfield likes my Facebook page. And this person who had liked it. And so I just sent him a Facebook friend request, like not thinking anything of it at all. Oh my gosh. How serendipitous. Mm -hmm. And what's so crazy about it is like, he's the nicest guy. And he came back to me like last year and had me do another sales page for another business that he's running right now, which was like super cool. So that's kind of how it started. And it's the power of relationships. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you took the effort, A, to friend somebody and not in this like spammy salesy way that yeah. uh, paid off for you, which is exactly what I saw you good at a year yeah. ago. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing too. Like my business has definitely shifted and I've learned a lot of lessons that I'm kind of able now to like look back over like the last four years because it's changed significantly, but I can look back now and realize that like I do better. Like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if it's Enneagram or human design, but I'm a projector. Is that human design? Yeah. I'm a projector. So I do much better. Like when I receive an invitation, I've never up until like in the last 12 months, I would say like, I've never posted about like my sales page service on Instagram. I'm doing better. I want to get better over there, but I've never, it's never been anything I've marketed because like most of the clients I was working with would come back to me for multiple projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they would want my help with like launch strategy. So then I would like work out, you know, agreements and retainers and things with them. 
depending on like what season I was in, in the business, then that's when James was like, please be my launch manager. He didn't want me to work for anybody else. So like I didn't for a while. And then I still worked with him and worked with other people. So I'm not working with his team anymore, but that was, you know, 2014 to 2017 was when I was working with him. Oh my gosh. Wow. I don't know if you knew this, but I have a very similar story where no. a random Facebook post, a friend tagged me and I said, yes. And I ended up working for a seven figure entrepreneur. I mean, I watched, I helped her get to seven figures and it wow. was because if I hadn't have said yes to something, I didn't know how to do a hundred percent. I would not be in that position and being able to have her come to me in house for things and me like learning, taking on other clients in the process is like a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. And it, the timing was right. I was, uh, deep in the middle of having babies. So it wasn't even like, I wasn't even really looking for work. I was kind of bored. I think I was pregnant and on bed rest when I said yes to that job. Wow. Uh, so it, it's just, it's so fascinating that we have like a similar or a very similar story, but like we said, and I think that this is what people are like, look at when one door closes, another one opens. Like when you are just kind of in the zone And I think that the thing that we need to remember is that, you know, I've had, you know, I have a podcast where I interview mainly designers and the thing, the main thing that comes out of like every conversation is that when you provide a good experience, like who, like my clients don't really care that they made millions of dollars from their sales page. I don't even like saying that because I feel like it sounds spammy. (laughs) They were more happy about the fact that I made it easy for them. And I also learned about myself in the process that. I'm good at like processes and systems. I thought that everybody likes to make lists and declutter and organize and on a Friday night and they don't, and I don't understand it, but whatever. And so that has helped make, and that's when I say to you that like, I'm building relationships with copywriters and launch managers and, you know, lots of other people who are in the launch space. I'm actually like starting to transition a little bit out of the online space and just like try some new things just for fun because I want to. And yeah. so it's like, it, it's all relationships. Like you just have to start and just like ask people. And so all of those people that I've made connections with and referred someone to, like, I'm now going back now and saying, okay, I want to start this new thing in a new industry. And I have no, like, I have a ton of experience and I'm very valuable, but like, help me, help me. Like, what do I do? You know what I mean? So it's about just really being, having the courage to ask and like, put yourself out there, even if people say no, because they're going to. Yeah. And it's, you have nothing to lose. Like a no doesn't hurt you. Right. Yes. You tell everybody here who's new to this world a little bit about what you do and what that work is. Cause I don't know if everyone understands the difference between a, like a designer, the coder, the developer. Can you walk everyone through? Yeah. When you're going to work, let's say on a sales page, I'll even like, let's just break this down and say like a website. There's a lot of moving parts. We have the customer who's going to be the client. We have the marketing aspect of the website. We have the user experience. We have the customer journey that people are going to go through when they first visit. We have the content that they're going to peruse, maybe a podcast or a blog. We have your services. We have portfolio. We have testimonials. Like there's a whole thing. Someone has to collect the testimonials. Someone has to write the testimonials to be written like a testimonial should be written. Someone has to help with the strategy. Someone has to help with the brand vision, the values, the mission, and then someone will write the copy. 
someone will make, you know, there will be a lot of correspondence to see if like the copy is going to work. Someone will design the page and then someone will develop the page. Sometimes people, multiple people, like if you were going to hire like a marketing agency, they all have specialized people who can do this. In our online space, a lot of us are individuals with either skills that overlap on a project like that, or we are like collaborating. So like when I say to you, I'll bring in a copywriter, I'm not bad at copy, but there's people out there that are way better than me. I don't develop any page. I've never developed a single page. I don't touch code. I outsource all of it in my business. And then I out, I refer it out to people with de- development agencies or a development service business to provide web development because it's not a service. It's not a skill that I have or want to have. And people are people might be like, oh, well, why wouldn't you want to learn and improve your skills? I have a lot of skills. And looking in at the back end of code is like not good for my brain. Like I'm, I'm going to run away and I'm going to get frustrated and I'm going to sit for like one thing I've noticed is like when I work in the evenings, I get anxiety and it's weird. So I don't do that anymore. You know, so for the work that I do, a sales page has one intention and that intention is literally just selling a service or getting someone to convert or a the conversion. I think that it's really confusing because there's a lot of terminology out there like earnings per lead and conversion rate and yada 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 and i i would love to like riff on that for like one second but oh. the, so think of the sales so think of your sales page as like it's a one page website kind of like if someone was going to take like the infomercials that like your mom or your grandma used to watch like my mom always watched the jewelry ones and they're going to take the photography and the videos and the testimonials and like everything and they're just going to put it on like a big old long page and big old long page. It sounds like a country. Anyway, <laughs> but like, um, so that's like the intention is for them to take an action. It's not, if they're there, we don't want them visiting your YouTube channel. We don't want them visiting like your about page. You can have an about you section on the website. You can have media logos where you've been featured, but we're not linking to external pages. The intention of this page is to get someone to take action. You'll also hear the term landing page and sales page and opt-in page. A landing page in in an opt-in page and a sales page essentially have the same goal, but the goal will be different depending on what it is. The opt-in page is where it's also known as a landing page where someone's going to come in and they're going to opt in. But typically you won't see like a header menu on these pages. And if there's one rule I want you to remember today on all your sales pages and your opt-in pages, delete your menus. Just your privacy policy should be in the footer with like terms and conditions or anything else. So the goal could be to get someone to book a sales call. The goal could be to get someone to opt in for text alerts. The goal could be for someone to buy from you. So the goal, depending on what, you know, of what your strategy is going to be, that will be the call to action that's on all your landing pages, if that makes sense. So you might hear collectively sales page, landing page, opt-in page. The sales page is the goal to sell a product. And it's a really great place to send people when, you know, I'm someone who like, if I was talking to you right now and you were telling me about your service, I would literally need to like stop you from talking and go read it myself. Cause I could read really, I could read really, really fast. And if you tell it to me, I'm going to like get lost in the conversation. Okay. I need to see, I need to visually see it. So like when I do a webinar, I have slides or like I have a course, I have slides a transcript, an audio, a video, and you don't even see my face. You just see like what you actually need to see. Cause I could sit here and say, this is good sales page navigation and this is bad, but technically I don't have a visual with me right now. So you're not going to really understand that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. One of the mistakes I made early on on my sales pages or, you know, I was just doing the work for the clients was having my testimonials click over to their business. And I learned that pretty early on. Like, don't do that. Like, don't, you have one call to action, 
one main point and like, you don't need to throw everything in there. So that, that was really, really good advice. So yeah, and I've had people ask me to link back to their, to their website. And like, I will on like my website, but I don't on my sales pages. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So good. So where are you designing these pages? Where do you Photoshop, do Photoshop with my team? That, see, this always surprised me because I didn't know, I'm used to being like the one man band who gets on the tech platform and like, it just does it there. But you're like coming up with a legit from scratch. No yeah. And like, this is a, it's a very collaborative process with both my client and myself. So I think that it's important to remember that I, and people will say like, why don't you provide templates in Canva? Why don't you provide templates in Elementor? I don't work in Canva. I'm like, I design pages that like are built in Photoshop. So I'm going to give you a Photoshop document. You know what I mean? You can have a designer replicate this for you in Canva, but I, like, that's not where my skill set is. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and when we develop, it really depends on the platform. And this is again, like, just like I was saying, I have conversations with copywriters about processes. I also have conversations with developers and editors and video editors, like anything I'm helping with, like that's, we're having a conversation about what platform is best, how long it'll take what like the revision process will look like because every project you do, you learn a lesson that you don't want to learn again on the next sales page. Right. <laughs> yes. I, I just want everyone to pick up what Melissa is dropping down here. Like she's staying in her zone of genius. She found out what she's good at and she can pass on the uh, actual like coding and developing of the site to those people who are good at they're like there's nothing wrong with gaining that clarity and staying in your zone and so basically you do the design in photoshop and hand it to the developer who uses whatever platform they're using so are you keeping that in mind when you're doing the design like oh this is like a divi theme or um, full freedom to do what you want 90% of the sales pages I do are just like completely custom. And so they are coded customly as well. But it's not like I say, okay, this developer only works in Divi, we're going to work there. Or this developer only works in lead pages, we're going to work there. It's a very collaborative process. Okay, this client wants to use Instapage. Does this developer, A, is this developer available? B, is it going to fit in the timeline? And then are they familiar with this platform? I just had someone who wanted a sales page done in ClickFunnels. And I, again, I don't develop sales pages. So I had a couple conversations with two people who I normally refer work to and neither one of them was available and neither one of them wanted to work in ClickFunnels. So then I started a conversation with a developer, a new developer who I had, like, she's in my community. And we just had a conversation about what that would look like if we worked together. Okay. And then I get another lead. So it's a very, like I said, I am very, I'm probably almost annoyingly detailed on like every project piece but when I'm not things are late things aren't clear like it just it's not gonna work yeah so why I was excited to bring you here on the show because we have a lot of newer people like you know and mm -hmm. you're giving the perspective of someone who's like working at that seven figure launch level and mm -hmm. this process becomes so much more than a one-man band or one woman yeah. show and this is just such like good insight to know like what that end game will be and why it's so important to gain clarity into the service you want to be doing and like what that will look like. Yeah. So and I think it's important too, to remember that like there, when I started doing sales pages in 2012 and 2011, well, it wasn't 2011, it was 2012, 2013, actually it was 2000. Anyways, um, <laughs> There wasn't like, I don't know that ClickFunnels was around and I don't personally use ClickFunnels, but yeah. ClickFunnels wasn't around. Lead pages was super new and there weren't as many micro influencers. 
yeah. as there are now. There were like five and four out of the five are my clients. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and just in like our online space. So since then, more designers have popped up. More people are working by the day. And I don't like, I can do strategy all day in a day, but I'm not designing in a day. Yeah. Because this is, these are really big pages and I could maybe do it over three days, but like every client feedback I've gotten, like when they're rushed because of their deadline, like they don't like the process. You know what I mean? So I just like, I know that that works really well. I know lots of designers who do it via a day, right? It just isn't like really something I'm interested in doing at this point in my business. Yeah. But I like what you said. It can work for the strategies and the audits and some of those. Yeah. And I don't think there's any reason to feel bad for using like a template or anything like that, especially when you're just starting out for a client or for either one, you know? Yeah. So do you have, even though I know you don't work in it, do you have some favorite platforms that, that your developers use? Like thinking about like all of your end projects. I, I really, so I really like show it personally. Me too. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm so new to show it that like, I know you took my free sales page course. I had done that. I had offered that same sales page course before and like my whole entire sales page template, like people like that version, I gave people access to the template. I didn't this time just because I wanted to take the technical aspect out of it and like not be responsible for it. But that page was built and show it. My website's on WordPress. And um, again, I think any platform that you want to use that works best for you is like one you should use. But I like show it. I recently had two, so I build quiz funnels for clients and I work with a copywriter and collaborate on that. And then I do a lot of the building. So I will design the results pages and I recently had, but I have to fit the client's platform, which, you know, is works well with my Jill of all trade skills, but I, I have had two clients now who had show it and I absolutely loved it. It was like confusing as heck to start. Uh, but the design, like, I feel like I could take something easily from your Photoshop and your design and like translate it. Other platforms, it's so, it's so tricky. I, and the thing that we have to remember too about any type of web design or development is that there has to be a mobile experience. There has to be, and no one like is talking about this. You wouldn't believe like the successful entrepreneurs I have who have paid like high five figures for their websites and sales pages. And they're like, it doesn't look good on mobile. And the the designer like kind of disappeared. And so, but then they want to go with someone cheaper who doesn't make them, you know, doesn't make that a priority. And then they come back, but like show it has a mobile platform. Yeah. You can just do the mobile view and make it look different. My sales pages, I think are built just in my business. Most of them are built in Elementor or they're a custom theme, but my show it, my show it sales page loads faster than Elementor. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's fun. I like talking about like techie stuff. You know, (laughs) I got really frustrated recently with the lead pages because I don't do coding, right? I don't go there. And I just felt very limited about how I had to make the, maybe I did something wrong, but I had a really hard time making it look good for mobile. And it was just really frustrating. So show it good. Yeah. So can you talk to everyone about how your business has like changed over the years and like, what were you charging at the beginning? And can you share yeah. some of like that, what that pricing is now? And I want to give people, I want to give people like a look at how it really works. Cause I think so many people think I just start and I start making money right away and I book out right away. And I would um, like a real life look at what that. Yeah. And just. Since we're talking about real life, again, I want to preface this with saying that my intention when I first got started was just to get paid to be creative. Like there's no other, like I wasn't, I want to make $10,000 a month. Like I never had those goals. 
until yeah. I was making that much money. And I was like, oh, but like I, I was started out literally $20 an hour for anyone who would pay me. And then I raised that to $50 an hour. And then eventually that went to $75 an hour. And that's just for work, like clocked hours. And then I think my first sales page after I was charging hourly, I was probably around like $900 for the design alone. And so that's like where I started. Now I'm anywhere. It depends on the length of the sales page and like what else I'm doing for the launch. So it's kind of different, but it literally varies right now between like four and like $5,500 for the design, but there's more strategy involved. I'm overseeing the development of the page. Yes. Um, unless again, unless it's a client that I know and know that their team can handle it. But at the end of this month, I'm doubling that price. Awesome. I haven't really raised it since like 2015. Yeah. I could see you. I could very well see that being doubled, but I remember talking to you about this in San Diego about how you did oversee it. And I liked that you brought that element because I see that lacking awareness, somebody who's like techie enough to understand and strategy. I I don't see that person existing on these teams sometimes. So yeah. And I, I think it's also important to know that you don't know that you need that until you've designed a page. You know, people are, I need a sales page, but then they don't like, unless, and this is a whole other conversation we could have like alone, just about like working with developers. Yeah. Um, Because like I'm married to a software engineer. He could take my design and make it look like he could develop my page, but the pixels wouldn't be the same size. Like there wouldn't be like the same spacing. So he doesn't have that. I, he's not trained like that. He's trained to code. And so not like every developer and just like every designer, copywriter, virtual assistant, whatever it is, has a specific skill set. Yeah. So it's just important to talk about like what each person's role is in the project bottom line. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I think there's a sweet spot for somebody who is able to step in and man- manage isn't the right word, but like execute that. because. It's like- quality control. And again, this is, this is something that people will be like, well, can I just do that? And I'm like, there's some designers I know who they're like, I don't want to project manage. And so, you know, I like to look at jobs all the time just to see like what the roles are, because I feel like when we have our own businesses, like you said, we're like the person who can do everything. So I yeah. don't really, it's hard to, for me to articulate to my regular friends, like what I actually do. So, but yeah. There are project management positions who want you to plan a photo shoot, oversee permits, like, and do stuff like that. So I think that the project manager role, really, it's bigger than just managing the project. It just depends on the situation. Yeah. yeah. So can we talk a little bit about your launch management? Like, how how did you get... I like that this world of launching and helping my clients. How did you kind of get into that role? Because I can see quite a few of my students helping in this capacity down the road. Let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. Head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. 
again, I wish I had a really fancy story for you. But <laughs> James, just like I worked with him on his first launch. Uh, it was Fort Air Film School in 2014. And I was uh-huh. doing things in that launch. Like, uh, again, I was doing sales pages and like all the video watch pages and stuff like that. Like I was in charge of a lot of that. But then there were kind of holes in the process. Like I was like, where's the link for this? They would be like, I don't know. So I would kind of make like link guides or like I would start doing things to kind of just like I made like an offer page. I don't know if I did this working with him or with other people, but like I made the ultimate launch information. So like, here's the offer. Here's how much it is. Here's when it's for sale. Here's our card open dates. Here's our checkout page dates. Here's our upsell dates. Like, so there's all these different components of a launch. So I just started doing things like that to make the process smoother because that's who I am. Like, and that's just who I am. So he basically was like, I want you to be my launch manager. This is a great story because this is exactly what I teach. Like the business clients come in house and if you can step up and you're willing to do more and whenever you can add tracking and project management skills and like you saw the gap and you filled it like that, my friend is how you. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for the offer. And so like, I just did a webinar for someone's community and it was really funny because I called it like how I became a launch manager with zero years experience. (laughs) I had none. I didn't have any, I didn't even know you have common sense in a brain here and you were able to organize it. I mean, it's not like, yeah, that's helpful to business owners. They need that type of person on their team. Yeah. But again, so now, yeah. So I'm not, again, I'm not working with him anymore. He's got, I love Julie. That's his new launch manager and she's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to, but do you still help clients with that? With launches? Um, Yes and no, like only on like a VIP day strategy basis. I stopped managing launches in 2016 when I was hired to manage a B-School affiliate launch. I actually walked away from like $18,000 in launch management money for an affiliate promo because Uh it just wasn't a good fit after like two weeks I left. Oh, and you you just see the writing on the wall? It was just, it was a very different, like James had such a great, Again, and I'm not working with him now, so I can't speak to what things are like in his business now. But at the time, like I was in charge of like the the daily standups. I was in charge of all the project boards. I was in charge of overseeing like all the assets. I was yeah. managing the team in the Philippines, this team in the US. Like every person who was kind of like a key player in the launch was in charge of a specific project. I was always the sales page. And so it was just like a really great working environment for me at the time. And working with this other person was completely different. They were texting all hours of the night. Like their team kept quitting. Like it's a whole, we could do a whole podcast episode on that. Like I said, but um, it just wasn't like, it wasn't, I didn't want to be woken up to like 15,000 text messages when I'm just trying to get my babies out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, there's so much power in this because ultimately as a business owner, and like you said, you're in the, the sweet spot where you don't have to even be making this income, but like you get to choose who your clients are. Yeah. And when you're spending that time away from your family, you want it to be worth it. You want it to be the right fit and totally align. And the power's on you as an independent contractor. Definitely. And I think, you know, I think the last launch management client I had was probably to that like, 2016 because I think that was for a 2017 launch if I'm thinking correctly okay so I've helped with like systems I'll help with strategy when you work with me on sales pages like there's a lot more that I help with just than the sales page Um, but 
primarily what I'm going to be helping people with is like launch strategy in a day. Like, you know, I have a launch celebrity VIP day offer I'm going to be launching soon. So. Oh, I love that. I, I see such a need for that in this world. Okay. I have a question from Deanna. She says, where do you find clients that are willing to pay these type of fees? My clients struggle with just the small increases in hourly rates. So what would you say to somebody who is struggling in the, the newer world and how to find those like higher end clients? Connect with people who work with those clients and build relationships with them. I'll give you one example. What like everyone in the world on the, on the online space knows of a person named Jordan Gill. Yeah. System saved me. Okay. Jordan, I met working on that launch. I told you, I just walked away from. And when Jordan quit her job, I had referred her to of the four clients that she had, which helped her hit five figures a month when she first started out. Yeah. So I think it's really just about positioning your offer to serve clients looking at what your clients need. So for example, my sales page clients, when I was working, you know, primarily with those sales page clients didn't need my five step sales page process. They didn't need my sales page copy template. They're busy. They want to focus on making money. They need someone to get the service done for them. So I like to teach people to like, I've also been mentoring designers the last few years too. So I like to show people like, okay, come up with like, the one thing that you want to be good at in the space you want to be good at, come up with a DIY option, a done with you option, and a done for you option. Because the done for you is the type of service that, you know, works with that. So if I go back to like, I met Jordan, who was also working with that person at the time, we bonded over like trying to figure out entreport and like doing all these things. Yeah. So we're, but we didn't, none of them, neither of us had worked in there before. And like the tech person just like quit. Okay. but Jordan and I have collaborated. Like we, I just did a webinar for her audience. I just promoted her, her virtual conference. It's literally happening today. And we've traveled to events together Mm -hmm. and we always like are sending people each other's way. You know what I mean? So I think that what I would recommend really is just to go build relationships with people that you want to work with. And for example, I'm starting a new service that I'm like kind of nervous to do. I don't doubt my skills. It's just again, new. So you know what I'm doing? I'm having conversations with people who are in the industry I want to be in. It's the beauty industry. Like I have, I'm not even that much into makeup, but like I'm having conversations with people in that field to be like, Hey, who do I talk to? What do I start? And then I'm thinking of people that I know or people that have said to me, like, we all have people who say to us, I need you. I want to work. But then we like, maybe don't want to work with them. So we don't follow up, like go talk to those people and just create like this list is going to be different from your email list. This is just a revolving list of connections and contacts that you have where you guys can be referral partners. You can be biz besties. You can work together on a project. Like I could talk to Emily about someone who, now that I know that she does quizzes, I had someone literally a year ago who come to me who wanted to do quiz funnels. Yeah. Quiz funnel. Like we never ended up working on the project, but I could have talked to Emily. Yeah. And he could have been the person who helped with the strategy. And then I could have been the tech back end. I don't know exactly what you do with quest funnels, but that's the example. And again, like people just remember that people are going to say no. It just, it happens. It's a part of business. It's not personal. And just like keep going. So if you reach out to 20 people every week, you're going to get the clients you want to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's really good advice. I like what you said about the pricing too, because I'm thinking in terms of like the quiz funnel service. Um, I work with my friend Linda to do, and we do a strategy. We have um, 
and then we have the done for you. And we have those different options, but hands down in this world, and I've always said this, there's not enough people to do the work, you know, like they need the people do the implementation. Yeah. And I will say too, that like a lot of the people that I was working with back in like the early 2012s, you know, when I started doing sales pages, most of those people now have a full-time team, you know, who's doing things for us. So that doesn't mean that there's not more work for us. It just means that they're training other people. So then what you could do is you could say, Hey, can I come guest teach on my topic? So I do a lot of trainings on sales page design all the time. And I've actually literally just just released my $37 sales page course. I've never had a tiny offer before. Uh-huh. Um, the same course that, you know, I've had over 500 people go through it for free. I have like 50 testimonials from like me offering it for free just to prove that it's like worth it. And so now when people like want to learn sales pages, then they can take my $37 course or they can upgrade and then they can take conversion design school, which teaches sales pages and launching and like how it all works together. Or they can work with me in a launch strategy VIP day, or they can hire me to do their sales page. But do you see how I've kind of created this new trajectory of offers? I was doing the same thing because I was mentoring designers. I started out with a four-month mastermind. I changed it to six months. Then I changed it to a year-long program. I did a 90-day accelerator a couple of times in there and just like some random projects. And, you know, the designer mastermind has been like my most profitable thing that I've personally launched in my business ever, you know? Oh, that's awesome. I remember being so impressed by you in person with like all of the things you had going on and all of your ideas. But you're yeah. you're very much like a unicorn because you have your hands in a couple different areas and like you're embracing that and you've carved out this successful space for you. So cool. And I think it's important too to like really look at like what do you want to do? Like I've I've talked about this a little bit. I'm very seriously considering starting my own mascara line. But I barely wear makeup because I have eczema. And like, I'm not like the typical beauty model face. I barely like, but I'm interested in like building long-term wealth and helping the girl who's like me, who just wants to put on mascara. Like you always feel confident with mascara on. I don't care who you are. I'm trying to find out the best mascara. I haven't found it yet. So I, this is so funny because my call before you, we were just talking about mascara and how uh, it's so hard to find one that doesn't make you want to rub your eyes and make your hard. Yeah. So this is so funny. I feel like this again, this is, this is a very, very small thing. Like I'm, I'm doing a ton of research right now Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of exploring the idea. The other thing I've always really wanted to do was work with Mary Ellen Matthews, who is the SNL photographer, the Saturday Night Live photographer. She does the the stills. So the stills, I think we talked about this maybe. Yes, The the still shots that are in between uh, the photography that she does, like then there's artists that take them and like turn them into the art. Like that's what I want to do. So I'm like, F it, I'm going to do this. I mean, maybe it's not with her, but eventually I'll get there. You know, like why would an Iowa girl think that she can get there? Like, you know, it, it can happen. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I know you'll do it. I have like the utmost confidence. Oh, that's so sweet. Why do you brought that up? Because I forgot about it. And now when I watch yeah. Saturday Night Live, I'm probably like thinking about you um, unconsciously about yeah, but I That's the kind of photography I want to do. So like I have this really cool idea because I need a new photography done really badly but like most people like I want to get braces I want to lose weight like the whole thing like I need to be more tan because it's winter time and my skin is like not very like I want to you know I want to have some more sun on me but I have this such a cool idea for like my new podcast photo shoot 
that I'm going to do sometime this summer that I'm going to be like producing myself, but I want to do that for people. Um, not even in the online space. Like I want to do this work in other industries just to get more experience and make myself. Hands down, hundred percent hire that crap out because I hate it. I hate taking pictures of myself. I know how important it is and I need to do another photo shoot. I'm dragging my feet. COVID doesn't help right now. And it's cold out. But like, if you could just plan that whole sucker out for me, I would love to do that. Like, that's my dream. Like I, I did, I did a planning session with a gal last year and she's like, into she's like does facebook ads and copywriting but she's also like into gaming so we came up with all these like remember the shoes that like light up yeah. and we found like all kinds of cool like anime like light like stuff that like props she could have like it was so much fun so i'm yeah. just gonna do it and i don't know if you know that's my intention so i want to be like a chief creative direction officer yeah. for people who don't want to like hire a full-time person but i can just work with them you know, on a recurring basis to help plan all of their stuff. Like I also look to like, I've been looking outside of our space for inspiration and people might laugh or they might have judgment. I don't care. Uh, with I've been watching keeping up with the Kardashians uh-huh. and I've never, I had never really watched the show before, but it was really kind of interesting to watch their come up story from, you know, 14 years ago. You know, there's a lot of press because like the show is ending. Kim's getting a divorce, yada, yada. But that girl's a brilliant businesswoman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's she said, Runs both her makeup brand and her skin's clothing line with the seven people. It's crazy. So, like, I just want to like dip my toe in that a little bit with the mascara world. So, we'll just see it. Oh, I love it. So fun. Okay, I do have another question for you. And um, and after this, will you please post or give me the link for your thirty seven dollar offer? Because I would love to yeah. share it with everyone. So we have a lot of people who would like to learn that design. But what to go back to the sales pages? What are like the biggest mistakes that people make when they're designing that sales page? Like, what do you see commonly? The first thing is what we talked about before is the navigation. So think about like when I'm visiting someone's website, the typical pages you'll see is like the about page, media page, YouTube page, Instagram, yada, yada. On this page, your navigation should look like it should be what's called an anchor link. You don't need to remember what that is, but it's basically taking you from one point in the sales page to another point. So if I'm going to click on the enroll now button at the top, it's going to, that page is going to automatically scroll to the enroll now button. If I want to know if like, let's say it's a sales page for a live event, if we can have them virtual or not, what's the schedule? Who are the speakers? Think about the topics that people would want to know. So that's like the first mistake. Um, I think the second mistake is not making mobile a priority. Mm-hmm. which I've already mentioned. And that might seem like really simple, but like mobile usage is like up 222% in the last seven years. And it's not going to go away anytime soon. So make the mobile a priority. And then I think the third thing is really just like not giving yourself enough time and space to create it and do it. You know what I mean? Like if you are like wanting to launch, like I, I would give yourself an extra 30 days, take on another client outsource something that you can, but just like give yourself so much time and space and ease so you don't feel rushed in the environment that you're creating with you and your future team isn't toxic. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying you're going to create toxic environments on purpose, but like it's easy to get stressed out in a launch. And that's a mistake that I've kind of made because I can do every most everything myself and I have been, but then by the time it comes time for the actual promo, I'm exhausted. Yes. You know and that's I mean? good for your energy when you need to be yeah, on. No, no. Oh, that's, that's really good. Um, do you think about the conversion rates? Are you tracking that? Like, do you follow up and do tweaks when it comes to that? Um, it really depends. So here's what I'll say. 
The standard conversion rate, and conversion rate just means someone's visiting your website, they have taken action, and they're now on your thank you page, is like 1% to 2%. And that's just like industry standards. You might see an ad for someone that says that here's my template that converts it 7% or it converts it 10%. Okay. What are you actually tracking with the conversion rate? Are you tracking the traffic from the people who click from your newsletter? Are you tracking all the traffic? For example, I just did a launch for a program I offer called Launch Celebrity. I had 120 some people click from my email list and I had 11 applicants. That's my conversion for this specific sales page. We haven't even got to the sales yet because I'm still like weeding these people out to see who's going to be a good fit and who's going to not. Yeah. Well, I could say if you take 11 divided by 124, what's that? A 10% conversion rate? Yeah. So where like that could be a misleading number. I could say I had, you know, 11% conversion rate. What, where did that number come from? Then I had, I looked and I had about 500 people visit the website. Oh. Well, if you take 11 divided by 500, it's a much different number. I don't even know what it is. Let me do it. Yeah, please. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like, where did the actual number come from? So if I take 11 divided by 500, that's a 2.2% conversion rate. But that's from page views. Yeah, that's no, that's just the, the single page view. But I'm saying, but like I could construe that number because yeah. it's still my conversion rate. And so I think that when it comes to like comparison for conversion rates, don't compare your conversion rate to anybody else's. Ooh, I like it. Don't compare your conversion rate to anybody else's. This is your launch, your offer, your audience, completely different circumstances. Someone who has been building their audience and who has 50,000 subscribers is going to have a completely different launch result than someone who has 5,000 subscribers or even 500 subscribers. You know what I mean? I did my first launch with an email list of zero people starting out. Like, again, I had my list of big name clients, but this is a completely different market. It was designers. But guess what? I sold my first spot to my mastermind with an email list of a total of 30 people and no sales page. That's awesome. That's how many people signed up for my first webinar via Facebook ads. And so I was, I had started the sales page, but I never liked to finish it until I know that like it's done. You know what I mean? So I I just think that whatever data you're going to get, remember that like, if you hear that someone's sales page rate is this. So what about when people say like opt-in pages for that lead magnet, like should be 40%. Have you heard that? Am I making I've heard like 20 to. 20 to 50% is a good conversion. I think that that's a little bit different because like, there's like one thing going on here. And that's what I want. That's my rant about sales page conversion rate specifically. The audience for this launch could be $20,000 or 20,000 people. But my next launch could be 50,000 people. Well, if I have more people clicking on my sales page, I might not have as high of a conversion. So like, it's just kind of important to pay attention to all of your data. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because we can get so caught up in that comparison game or like what our numbers should be doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that I was able to, and I think that this is where the data comes in, but like I have another Instagram post that people really like. It's like, I measure my launches four ways. The sales, because like sales is business. We can't run business without them. My energy. Yeah. My data, like the data. And then like, what's the actual experience look like, you know? Yeah. Consider those things. And when you run a business, your energy should be the first thing you consider. You know what I mean? 
Oh my gosh. Yes. So good. And a lot of times we as virtual assistants are like coaching our mm-hmm. clients through this and we show up in like the therapist way. And so everything you just yeah. said, you guys need to pass on to your clients because launching is stressful. Like you said, it could bring out like the bad in people and the toxicity and like, it's just, yeah. It's- but I think again, any project that you have, whether that be a sales page, a launch, you know, said just even sending someone's weekly MailChimp letter, but it like, it doesn't like, these are all important things. I think it's important to come up with the process that you're going to do the flow of what that looks like, who's responsible for what, and like, then go from there. Yeah. Oh, so good. So this has been so awesome. And I knew my people were going to love you where I would really like to encourage everyone to connect with you on Instagram. And this is because you, you offer a lot of value there. Like you had an Instagram post recently where you were talking about the top five, like sales page designs or your top five favorite. And it was just so informative for any one of you who are finding yourself designing uh, these pages for your clients. Cause you know, we start off with small business owners and we get that experience. And I think Melissa is like the person to learn this from. So tell everyone your Instagram, first of all. It's just my name, Melissa Berkheimer, and it's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-U-R-K-H-E-I-M-E-R. Super easy, but then it's confusing because you have a lot of other things going on. So uh, tell us, everyone, about your podcast too. because I have a podcast. It's called The Design Business Show. And there we interview like people who about either their design freelancer journey or like a specific project they worked on. We recently had on the um, someone who was in charge of the entire McDonald's rebrand. Um, and he came on and told that story. He's a creative director for an agency out in San Francisco. I believe with my podcast, it was really important to me to not just include my friends. Yes. I've had a lot of business friends on the show, but I don't care if someone has like one year experience or two weeks experience or 25 years. I believe we all have something valuable to contribute to each episode, like, you know, in general. So it's really important to me to have like a wide range of guests, not just like people who are my business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I, I didn't think about it like that, but a lot of people do use their podcast. Um, it's a networking. They show. only include, but they only include their friends, like their friends who are making a million dollars. And I have, I don't think I've had a single client on my podcast. I like the stories, which is what we're doing. Yeah. I like hearing how people get started, like real life tips to help. So that's why like your show could be super good for anyone here who's like interested in this world because uh, it's our world. I mean, whether you're going to be the project manager working with the designers or you're going to be the designer yourself. So and then also your um, tell everyone people are asking about your $37 offer again. Tell oh, everyone okay. what that is and do another little plug for that. And then we'll make yeah. sure. Definitely. I will get you the link because we're literally updating the sales page. It will be ready tomorrow, but I can give you the link to the checkout page, but it's called sales page superstar. And it's literally less than two hours long. And it's literally a trainings on like design, what to look for, how to get your copy and your design to talk to each other, tech tips. Um, I have two sales page copy templates in there where you can literally plug and play. There's an exercise on writing your headline. There's an exercise on doing research. There's an exercise on writing the about you section for your sales page. So like I taught this course live twice. And on those live calls, like I put a recording in there from one of them where we're literally writing the about you section. There's a sales page PSD template in there. And I give like a little Photoshop tutorial and then people can upgrade again. I'm not like marketing this publicly because I'm literally working on it right now, but you can also upgrade. There's a, there's a show it template 
that you could upgrade to, but I don't, that's not included in the, in the $37 offer, but it's literally like sales page 202. Um, I will say that if you're like a seasoned copywriter, it made the copywriting lessons maybe really basic for you, but I just claim that also in the content, but it's also available via, via audio transcript, um, slideshow, like there's, and there's actual examples. So like, it's kind of hard to like visualize what I'm talking about, but there's so many examples of sales pages that I've designed or like, you know, design elements that you'll learn. It's just really nice and easy to understand. Like the longest, like the longest lesson is 42 minutes, but that's the, where I'm like writing people's copy live with them in their about section. I love this product so much. I didn't even know you had this. You know, I had gone through your last launch and was like paying attention to your stuff. But I know that if I could pay $37 to learn this like eight years ago when I was starting, it would like put me ahead because sometimes you just need a little bit of like um, confidence to stand up on those two legs and do the work and be like, come back to your clients and say, no, this is why I did this. This is what we do. This is the formula. And some of you here in this group are copywriters. Like you can still like learn about the design. It will help you like, it will help you be better with your clients too. Yeah. So. And it, it's nice too, because you can use this, like it's the same course that you just went through that I offered for free in January. I'm just now charging $37 for it. But so I don't know if you went through it or what you went through, but there's also like, here's how to write your headline for your sales page. So you can apply this to your clients or to like your own business. And like, it's literally plug and play. Like it's super easy. Cool. Good. Well, I like, I didn't even realize we were going to be promoting this, but I think this is awesome. I, I think either a lot of people, right? Well, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa. This has been such a pleasure. I always love chatting with you and seeing what you're up to. I'm I'm very grateful. And I'll just say that like, I'm always open to connecting with people. Um, Instagram DM is the best place to reach me. I will answer your email, but it may take me a little bit. Yeah. And I'm already thinking of some of you like want to be designers. I see you commenting on this video, like definitely reach out to Melissa. Like she she is serious and she means that she is all about those relationships. She's a good person. <laughs> good people person. So much for having me, Emily. It was right, awesome to connect again. All right. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Isn't that eye-opening to learn what a niche service can become? She found a very profitable niche over there in the launch area because online business owners, like you heard, are willing to pay more when the service is related to how they're making money. It's just value-based pricing at its best. So I encourage you to look up Melissa on Instagram, check out the show notes for all of her links. She has a couple offers. She teaches launch design that converts, and I would love for you to stay in touch with her and check out her podcast as well. All right, I hope you're enjoying this series of back-to-back freelancer stories and journeys all to inspire you with your own business. You know that I teach being a VA is the gateway. A lot of times we get our foot in the door doing multiple services for clients. We gain that clarity and then we really narrow down our services to what we love and what we're good at and what we can charge for. So starting out as a VA is just the beginning. I want to encourage you to go check out my master class to give you some ideas for the five roles that business owners are hiring. And with that experience, you can find yourself in a position like Melissa, where you're getting really good at one thing. And then you can start charging a premium for that experience. But first, you've got to get your foot in the door. So go check out that masterclass, How to Work Online. The link is in the show notes. And then we're going to bring back another freelancer 
who also had a start as a virtual assistant. I have quite a few of those on my show and in my Facebook group. We're bringing Anne-Marie Obraskin in the house to talk about her business. She is going a little bit nerdy, a little technical with us, and we are diving into analytics. So join us next week, and I'll see you then. ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Oh my gosh. Go back to Echo. Do you hear that? No. You don't? Hold on. Hold on a second. Weird. Okay. All right. Let me try again. That way my podcast editor can like cut that out. I was going to ask you another question related to that. And it just like popped out of my head. 